This is Commemorate Canada. It was to be a place of their own. The beginnings of what became Manitoba, the fifth province and the first west of the original Canadas, can be traced back to fur. The indigenous peoples in what became Manitoba have lived in the area since the beginning. But as Europeans arrived in the 15th century at the edges of the region, these indigenous peoples began moving about to sell them furs. The Europeans came to exploit fur for profit. And as these forces began to meet and mix, a unique culture and people emerged. 150 years ago, that people fought for a place to call its own within a new country called Canada. It was Manitoba, and the people were the Métis. I'm Tim Querengesser, and this is Commemorate Canada, a podcast about Canadian anniversaries in history. The podcast is a partnership between Canadian Geographic, Heritage Canada, and the Government of Canada. If you've ever wondered why one Canadian province has a history that's intertwined with the Métis, keep listening. Our episode looks at the beginnings of Manitoba, which became a Canadian province in July 1870. It then speaks to two people about the future of the province. By the 1860s, the intersection of the Red and Assiniboine rivers was where waves of newcomers had settled, fought, and struggled for more than 50 years. In this space grew a group that was new, with mixed ethnicity and religion. They were unique, spoke their own language, and there were roughly 9,000 of them. They came to call themselves Métis. But soon this group saw a problem emerging. As Canada was formed in 1867, the United States bought Alaska from the Russians that same year. Which country would control the vast lands west of Upper and Lower Canada? Canada or the United States? Rupert's Land, which was the land chartered to the Hudson's Bay Company by the King of England in 1670, made much of the land that the Métis inhabited ostensibly British. As 1869 came, the HBC sold this land to Canada and Canada sent a crew west to survey land for new settlement. They did not speak to the Métis about this decision. That year, as the surveyors measured land to prepare it for settlers from the east, a group confronted them. They were led by a man named Louis Riel. Riel's father was Métis and his mother was French-Canadian. He was born in the Red River Settlement. Riel saw the Métis homeland coming under threat by Canada. Settlers from the east were bound to flood in. Riel and the Métis pushed back. It's what's now known as the Red River Resistance. During the resistance, they called for a Métis Republic, seized a key fur trade fort by force, drafted their own Bill of Rights, and even executed a prisoner who had worked for the interests of Canada. Their Bill of Rights, along with the Métis Firm Resolve, forced Canada to act. The Bill of Rights went on to form the Manitoba Act, which granted the Métis protections and land. Canada's fifth province was born in July 1870. 
It was called Manitoba, an Assiniboine word for water on the prairie. It was a small square. Compared to the present province, it was just 35,000 square kilometers. Riel was its charismatic leader, and it all started at the Red and Assiniboine Rivers. Today, that place is known as Winnipeg. Riel's history is long, romantic, and complex. Canada hanged him in 1885 in Regina, having convicted him of treason. Today, Riel is a hero in the battle for self-determination and Métis rights. And the province Riel pushed to create is quickly shifting, to once more return to thinking about those founding days. As Manitoba opened, settlers from Iceland, Ukraine, Poland, and other parts of the Old World journeyed to Winnipeg for a new life. At the height of this settlement push in one day in 1912, 3,500 settlers arrived in the city by train. But today, growth rates among indigenous populations in Canada, clustered most densely in the West and especially in Winnipeg, are growing four times faster than the national average. Numbers of people identifying as Métis continue to explode, though there are many who are concerned these claims are not quite accurate. As this happens, people like Muriel Lamontang are working to restore connections and knowledge of what they and their home are all about. Lamontang works at the Canadian Museum for Human Rights in Winnipeg. She grew up believing she was Métis, only to find out she wasn't. She says this discovery set her on a path for her current work at the museum. I grew up in in the Franco Franco Manitoban and Métis communities here, and uh, you know I'm I, I'm from a family that's pretty common around here, which is a very blended family. And so I did for a little while go searching for myself elsewhere in the world only to sort of be redirected back to my my own homeland and realizing that I could play some kind of a role in the preservation of heritage. And and then um, as I got older, I... I actually decided in this search of my own to have my genetics tested and it came back that I was not Métis as I had been told by people in my family and and known and had been passed down over the generations and um, it was a shocker to me. It was an identity shock uh, because it was so contrary to everything that I had known growing up and it just made me want to participate even more in the sense that if indeed I was not Métis and if indeed I was a white settler woman, uh, then what could I contribute to truth and reconciliation? What could, with with the knowledge that I had gained and the experience I had gained over those years learning about um, archaeology and, and history, what could I bring to this truth and reconciliation time period? How could I change Manitoba for the next 150 years. Others in Manitoba are also reclaiming the knowledge of their province and their place in it. One is Jamie Black, an internationally renowned Métis artist known for her work on the Redress Project, which places dresses in settings to signify the loss of Indigenous women and girls to violence. Black says Manitoba's future is one where Métis voices and knowledge need to be treated as equal. I myself am just still learning my Métis history in my family, so it's it's an ongoing process, and I'm getting older now, too, and it's just, it's been an ongoing thing throughout my life. 
of relearning that history and also relearning the history of, of Manitoba and, and the land that we're on. I mean, I just recently found out from an auntie that, you know, family of mine had a trap line down where Portage Avenue is now. So this, it's really something that that really kind of goes a long way back in my history and starting to think about what that really means. In many ways, it's an idea and call for rights that harkens back to the original days of Manitoba. On the 150th anniversary of Canada's fifth province, one with a unique story of founding, those beginning days are starting to matter much more again. Thanks for joining me on this journey through one significant anniversary of Canadian history. If you haven't done so, subscribe to our podcast and you can also rate and review us. This podcast is available at no cost on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, and also at cangeo.ca. To get in touch with us, send us a message on social media or email editor at canadiangeographic.ca. Thanks for listening.